It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. fans good morning good afternoon good evening wherever and whenever you may be listening thank you for joining me in the locked on avalanche podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day my name is chris maselli and just finished watching the avalanche take victory over the philadelphia flyers first time the two have met this season abs win this one by a score of three to one uh very hard fought game physical game uh, kind of back and forth for a little bit. Teams were taking control for uh, sections at a time during the game. But in the end, uh, Avalanche kind of took control towards uh, the middle section on from this game. And we're going to talk about all that. <clears throat> we're also going to talk about uh, the Akeem Alou situation. Seems to be the uh, big issue going around the league right now. And it has uh, somewhat hit the... The Colorado Average, not somewhat, but um, we'll get into it. But it, yeah, it's, it's hit the Colorado Avalanche uh, franchise, um, and we're going to talk about that. So, um, but first, like we do all the time, social media, follow on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, follow on Instagram and Facebook, just follow or search for Locked on Avalanche, and send your emails to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, comments, critiques, how you thought they did today, uh, tonight in the game against the Flyers, what was good, anything bad, things they need to work on. Um, And if you have a take on the Alou situation, um, I would love to hear it. So send those emails in. So first, uh, like we said, the Colorado game just finished over the Flyers. Uh, Nazem Kadri returned. Philip Grubauer did not, and uh, like I said yesterday, that, well, Coach Bednar said yesterday, if they're going to try him out in the morning, if he's not 100%, he's not going to go, so maybe he was at 99%, who knows, but uh, I think Coach Bednar is completely comfortable if Grubauer is not 100% putting Pavel Francos in there and not missing a beat. This guy has been... I mean, outside of Nathan McKinnon, you could argue he's been the MVP of this team. And there's a lot of names you can pick from from that. And I wouldn't argue any of them uh, who you would say is the most valuable to this team. Clearly Nathan McKinnon, but outside of him. Um, Francois was great again tonight. And I've said it multiple times before. If Grubauer can't go, I got no problem. I, I don't I don't have any qualms or reservations about... Uh, this could be a tough game. Uh, we really have to score a lot, or you know, we got to shore up the defense, which you should do every night. But the fact that he's in net at this point in the game, I'm I am comfortable with that happening. Um, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying he should be the A one starter. He might be a one A backup. I don't really want to call him a backup right now because he's played so much um, with with all the Grubauer injuries, but. He's been he's been fantastic, and he was again tonight. And we will get into the stats a little bit later. Um, but in the first, Colorado was a dominant team in the first. 
which is nice. It seems like uh, early in the season, Colorado was a second period team, and it took them all of the first period to get going. Um, that's, you know, in the past. But uh, we really haven't seen – this is maybe one of the better first periods they've played in, in quite some time. And they towards the, the second half of the first period, they had long possessions in the offensive zone. And, and they didn't score out of them. But it was exciting to watch because the, the Flyers were dog-tired. And uh, there were times in the second period where it flipped and, and Philadelphia really had possession. But they weren't as dominant as Colorado was in, in the last 10 minutes of this first period. Uh, you just wish something would pay off for them where they, where they had a goal to show for it. But um, still, you kind of felt good about what they were doing really possessing the puck for long periods of time. Um, before all that, it was uh, Matt Calvert who got the avalanche on the on the board first. Um, really pretty goal. We're going to hear it right now. Nechushkin trying to center in front. Comes back to Rosen. Off the goal post. Calvert scores. in so many different ways with grit with speed with tenacity with skill on the back end finding ways to get pucks in that was off the post and then matt calvert jumps on the rebound on the backhand and he'll take advantage of that little wicked rebound off the post and make it one nothing colorado so like you heard uh kelly rosen took a shot right from the point went off the post went off the 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 left post and bounced to the right um and calvert was there and had to do a really quick backhand, kind of a difficult angle, but it was bang, bang, and he he put it right in the goal. It was a, a really pretty goal. Um, you know, Matt Calvert's back. He's very important piece to this team, obviously, so uh, to see him have a, a pretty goal like that was good to see. So um, that was the scoring for the f – no, there was a, uh, a Miko Rantanen goal. Um, in the second, that was it for the first period. Um, in the second period was a uh, Miko Rantanen goal, and it was his first of two. Um, and this was another really pretty goal. So uh, let's hear the call from that Miko Rantanen's first goal. Second period, would he do the same? He's done it here. Conquer out there now. Gives it to McKinnon to the attack. In front, about the coach changing up the line so there's a stretch pass handled well in the neutral zone off the skate to the stick and then mckinnon with the cross crease feed to Rantan, and who wins the race and then play this smiling like a butcher's dog nathan mckinnon says get me that puck he gets it and then he just feeds it over to miko rotten who wins a foot race to the net against kevin hayes and it's two nothing colorado so there was a moment with this goal where you kind of held your breath first of all very impressive goal from the Avalanche. They started behind their own net, and four passes later, uh, Rantanen has a goal, and it was from McKinnon coming up the left side. Uh, and the thing with McKinnon is obviously you have to respect his skill, his speed, and his shot. So when you are a defender, you, you know he has a, a lethal shot, So and he unleashes it all the time. So you're constantly 
on on your heels, wondering when he's going to shoot, and when he passes, which he's a, a phenomenal passer, and this thing was right on Miko Rantanen's stick, but Miko Rantanen was really close to the goal goalie when he received the pass, and it I mean, he didn't even have to move his stick, kind of just the the speed from which McKinnon passed it to his stick, redirected it right into the goal. But um, the uh, Philadelphia goalie was, you know, kind of sprawled out. And because Rantanen was so close to him, he kind of like tripped over him. And he, I don't want to say he was kind of slow to get up. Um, and I think just the way, obviously, the season is going for us, uh, if anybody just falls on the ice, you're holding your breath because, oh, no, he could be out. Um, but he got up and, you know, wiped himself off, and he played the rest of the game, so there was no real long-term concern, um, at least for now. But at that point in time, you didn't really you didn't really know, and you were kind of – you were happy about the goal, but you were more looking at him like, please don't be limping off the ice or anything like that. Uh, and after, you know, the Nazem Kadri thing where he played the entire Toronto game, and then the next day we hear that he has a an injury – I guess at this point in the game, the way things have gone for this team, anything is possible. And Kadri said it when he got hurt. He woke up the next day and he wasn't feeling the best. I really hope we're not going down that road with Nico Rantanen on this. Maybe it was just he hit the ice hard, had a little boo-boo, and he's okay now. Um, but like I said, did play the rest of the game. Um, got his second goal of the game. And this just shows you, or yeah, this just shows you his his skill and and his ability. Um, I want to give credit to who got the assist on this goal, so I'm going to look it up really quick. But the angle from which he shot this at, it was almost like Matt Calvert's goal. Uh, Calvert backhanded it, but he was kind of in position um, when he took his backhand shot. Still difficult. Um, you know, low percentage shot really, but he he got it he got it in. Rantanen on his second goal, assisted by Rosen and Kadri. So Kadri was the one who fed this to Rantanen, who was Kadri was behind the goal. Rantanen's coming up to the right side, and when Kadri passed him, Rantanen is almost like in line from the goal extended, basically right on that red line, and he kind of had his stick almost behind him. I I wish I could have that type of skill and take that kind of shot from this kind of angle. Um, YouTube it because it's impressive, but here's the call for it. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, P 
PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstad. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Part of that Kadri deal with Toronto. And he can skate too for us. Kadri's got it, side of the net, the play alive, get it deep right there, down below the icing line, and Nazem Kadri, no resistance at all from Nico Rantanen, and he's just going to take it and stuff it home. Good job by Kadri, doesn't hold the puck too long. Matt Niskanen got caught puck watching rather than being aware of his area. That's the area he needed to be aware of. And uh, that was it, you know, what a goal. Like I said, look it up if you uh, got a quick second because it's it's pretty. And he just does it so effortlessly. It, you know, to him, he's done it a thousand times, probably two thousand times. Um, so it's probably second nature to him. But I don't think you or I could could make that goal uh, that quickly with that angle. Just off the charts impressive. So. Uh, Philadelphia did eventually get one in the third. Uh, you know, by the time they they scored, you were kind of just hoping Francois would get the shutout, uh, but Claude Giroux prevented that from happening. About five minutes left when he did, and you know Philadelphia put up a, a good fight for most of the game. Um, it, this was a, a, a enter- entertaining game when they got that uh, goal by Giroux, three to one. Obviously, with five minutes left, anything's possible. Uh, they pulled their goalie with three minutes left. Um, so, you know, any one tip in or anything like that. And obviously you're you're only up one with multiple minutes to go and you're going to pull the goalie again. So that, that could just really make the sweat start showing up on the brow. But once again, the, the Avalanche shut down any real good high percentage scoring chances for the Flyers in that situation. They had some shots on goal, but none of them were that I can think of that were had uh, Francois sprawling out, making incredible saves, which uh, he was making some really good saves. And I also want to give credit to Carter Hart on the Philadelphia side because I thought he played a great game, and I think it's just there's too much skill on the Colorado side. It's 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 difficult for any goalie, um, but for a a twenty one year old, um, we we went through it with Werner against Edmonton, and uh, when you have skill like that, it shines through. And he played a good game, had one amazing save on Miko Rantanen. 
you know, if not for that save, obviously Rintanen would have had the hat trick. Um, just went from one side of the crease to the other, stuck his mitt out, and and just robbed uh, Rantanen of a of a sure goal. So he was good, but Colorado just has too much firepower uh, when it comes to when they want to turn on the Jets, and and they did. Um, so in terms of stats, let's bring those up for you guys here. <clears throat> Excuse me. The thing that I liked um, a lot tonight was the time on ice was really spread out. There was nothing too leaning in one direction like it, it's been for certain players, uh, namely Zadorov, who did lead the team. Well, he was tied, actually, for a time on ice. But it wasn't like astronomical 28 minutes. Uh, he had 22 minutes, 46 seconds on the ice, same as Sam Girard, exactly the same. But other than that, it was pretty even across the board and what you would expect per line in terms of time on ice. Um, points, uh, Belmar with an assist, JT Comfort with the assist, Kadri with an assist, McKinnon with an assist, Nachuskin with an assist, uh, Ranton in two goals, and like I said, Calvert with the other goal, which they did not update on here, so they screwed that up. But anyway, he got the other goal. Um, and at least for today, Colorado Avalanche 28 and 3, which gives them 43 points, which puts them in first place over St. Louis right now, who was idle tonight. So uh, we claim first place. That's right. Um, which shouldn't be really a, a surprise. You kind of knew we were going to be there this year, but that's going to be a dogfight. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, team stats, Philadelphia outshot Colorado, and it was not one of those things where you know Colorado was up and you just got this onslaught of shots by the team who was down. Philadelphia pretty much held that shot differential uh, the majority of the game. They outshot them 33-27. to 27. Out hit Colorado twenty five to fourteen. Uh, Philadelphia is one of the better face off teams in the league, um, and it showed tonight. They won thirty six face off compared face offs compared to Avalanche twenty seven, which is fifty seven percent, and that's low for them. I think they're a little bit of like a tick above sixty percent on the season. Very good face off team, um, which obviously prevents opportunities. Power play, I spoke about that the other day. That's something that's got to improve for Colorado. They, again, did not score. They had two opportunities and did not score on either one of them. However, the Flyers had the exact same amount of opportunities, and they did not score on either one of them either. Um, other than that, I mean, just like the black shots and things like that, which are 14-9 to nine in favor of the Avs. Um, it was a good. It was a, a, a tightly played game, and Philadelphia. I think both these teams were the same uh, records in the last six games or seven games. I believe they're both six. I don't know. The Abs are six zero and one. I'm pretty sure the uh, Flyers were the same at six zero and one. So um, <clears throat> hard fought game, but um, Colorado comes away with the win, and yeah, we can we can claim that first place at least. For today, uh, I'm going to check to see. I'm pretty sure 
that St. Louis plays tomorrow. And they do, and they play Vegas in St. Louis. So hey, maybe we only hold on to it for 24 hours, but that's 24 hours that we can say we are the first place Colorado Avalanche. All right, guys. So one of the things that, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth on whether I should include it in the show, because um, I kind of like this to be in, in a positive show and not really talk about things that are, are drag or anything like that. Um, even when the ads aren't playing too well, I don't really like to do it. If they're playing awful, obviously I'm going to call them out on that. But I don't like to, to do that. You know, you can go on social media and find a bunch of hate speak if you, if you would, you know, want to drag anything through the mud. But this kind of, this whole situation with uh, Akeem Alou happened a couple weeks ago, started with the Calgary Flames and uh, them firing their, their coach, Bill Peters, because of comments he made towards him. Insanely derogatory. Fired, and he absolutely should have been. Um, because it didn't directly deal with the Colorado Avalanche, left it alone. Um, it gets talked about enough where I feel like I didn't really need to put it into this show. But now that it's kind of hit the Colorado Avalanche in a roundabout way, um, it's necessary to talk about it. Um, uh, an, an image It's been all over the place, but just to recap it, an image came out from a Christmas party back in 2011 when a, I, I think it was a trainer or a strength coach or whatever the heck he is. I don't even really care at this point. Um, had a fake jersey on he was he was supposed to be playing or maybe it was a halloween party because it was he was uh supposed to be dressed up as akeem alou and they deliberately told alou to show up late to this party so they could dress this person up as alou including blackface uh, you know and the color of his skin and once he got there he, he you know hockey is a dominantly white sport so when he got to this party and everybody else there was was white, he's the only person of color, you're put in a position where you are uncomfortable and you go with the flow, and that's what he did, and they forced him to take a picture, and he's in the picture. You can tell he's uncomfortable just by the look on his face, and it's just – you have to wonder at, at what point – Nobody stopped this. That's the concerning part. Nobody. There, there's a. There's a. Uh, you could look up a, a sweater that's been pulled off the shelves at Walmart of a snowman dressed like Santa Claus, and it looks like three lines, which are are uh, supposed to look like snow, but they look like lines of cocaine on a table. Nobody thought along the way. Probably not a good idea. And and that's where just this. Someone, someone you have to think should have spoken up and said, this isn't a good idea. It's insulting. It's derogatory. This isn't us. Um, let's shut this down. Nobody did that. Um, and just the fact that it's, this is the same guy who had a situation in Calgary. This isn't a new person. He had the situation in Calgary two weeks ago, and now he's reliving this. Um, it makes you wonder what else has this man gone through that we don't know about these, that one thing in Calgary was enough for him to endure. And he endured this too. It's, it's kind of mind blowing to think 
what else has he gone through and what else has um, other players of color in the NHL have gone through. And it's a problem right now. And NHL has addressed it. You know, the, the this was for the Colorado Eagles, like I said. At the time, they weren't affiliated with the Avalanche. But just to show you how that doesn't matter, the Colorado Avalanche stepped in and said, yeah, we are uh, removing you for now. We're putting you on leave. And that is really, like, annoying some people and pissing some people off. But I think you have to understand, like, there's, like, legalities to this. They have to do it the proper way. I'm sure the Avalanche and the Eagles just want to fire this guy. But if they do that, they might have some repercussions on lawsuits and stuff like that. So that's why they just can't fire him outright, despite that's almost exactly what I can guarantee you they want to do. They have to go about it in a certain way. Eagles released a statement. I thought it was a very honest statement. And I there's just some people out there that don't really care what they have to say. I do. Um, you know, even though this happened... Eight years ago, you know, they they are still held accountable for it. Um, I feel like they are trying to make it right. But um, it, it's now now this is what everybody is, is talking about. And even I even saw a headline. The Sharks fired their coach, Peter DeBoer. And the headline read, you know, Sharks fire head coach performance. Firing is due to performance related. And so right now everybody thinks like, when as soon as and I for a split second I caught myself I'm like oh no like why did he get fired we had the other situation with uh, the coach in Dallas who was fired for inappropriate behavior I haven't really kept up with that so I don't really know what that inappropriate behavior is or if that did come out what that inappropriate behavior was but coaches the last couple coaches have gotten fired for things that they should not have done so as soon as you see another coach at least for you know right now. If a coach gets fired, your mind will just instantly go to what did he do that he shouldn't have done? And and that's, you know, Peter DeBoer is just like, he wasn't performing well, so he got fired. Okay, fine. Uh, but this is, this is a, a, an issue. It's ugly. It's disgusting. Um, and on a broader spectrum from just outside of the NHL world, we got to be better as just society than, than to do this stuff. It's, it's not funny. Uh, the guy in the, the image who, who dressed up like him had this smile on his face. Like he thought this was the funniest thing in the world. And I just don't know where along the line that you're getting dressed up like this man thinking, I can't wait till he gets here. So, cause he thinks he's going to think this is hilarious. I, I just, I can't wrap my head around why somebody would think that way. And it's it's indefensible. It's it's just an an awful awful thing that's happened to this guy. Um, but he seems to be taking all of these things head on and not backing away from them. And um, seems like he's becoming a better man because of the things that he has gone through. So I commend him for that. Um, I, I I would almost guarantee you within the next couple of days uh, the the employee with the Eagles will no longer be with the Eagles. And from what I understand, he's been with them for quite some time, um, close to 20 years. And um, you just threw all of that away. And it's amazing that it took this long for that to come out because it was a, an, an image taken. And I'm sure that wasn't the only image taken. I'm sure there was a lot of people around taking that same in, image. And I'm kind of shocked it, it didn't come out until now. But it has come out. 
and now we can uh, talk about it and correct it as hockey fans, as human beings. So that's really all I have to say about that. Um, so for right now, the Colorado Avalanche, like I said, first place Colorado Avalanche. I probably should preface it every time because it, it just feels good. Uh, off tomorrow and then um, or off today, whatever day you're listening. They're off Thursday. Okay, they're off Thursday. Um, and then they're playing Friday against the New Jersey Devils. And does that mean Taylor Hall is staying behind after this game? Maybe does Taylor Hall not even take this? If Taylor Hall does not take the ice on Friday against the Colorado Avalanche, you know everybody's going to be talking about that while that game is being played. Where is Taylor Hall? And he's probably in a hotel room or maybe over in the Avalanche locker room. If it happens, you're going to see uh, social media and media in general do what they do best and overanalyze everything. And really, if that happens, they shouldn't. I don't blame them in that regard. So uh, we'll see how that game goes. We'll preview that um, on Thursday and uh, see if Avs can finish off this homestand with this week of home games um, on a good note. So that's it for today, guys. And here is Miss Joby. Go, Abs, go!